morning. Great to see you. Great to be in the house with you today. I'm a little fired up today. I'm just going to give you a heads up right up front. I'm fired up about where we're going in the next few weeks as a church family. Next weekend, we're kicking off a new teaching series, very cleverly entitled, Home. That's it, just home. Now, as soon as you say the word home, a lot of us have a lot of different reactions and reflexes to the idea of home. Some of us think home's the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's a haven where you get to belong and become everything God created you to be. Others of us, maybe not so much. And, and to be totally fair, we all could end up anywhere on that continuum on any given day. Would somebody help me preach? So I'm excited about that, but I'm more excited because I think when you say the word home, it really does call out of all of us a deep, deep desire for that safe place where you really can belong and become everything God created you to be. And it's for that reason that I think the, the concept and the image of home really is the perfect representation, maybe the perfect vehicle for the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus. So over the next few weeks, we're gonna do a deep dive on Jesus' parable, the prodigal son. Remember the son who left home, there was a son who stayed home, there was a dad who made home, and how those dynamics played out, it is so rich. I've been studying for this, I've been praying for this for a long, long time, and can't wait to see what God's gonna do. Part of why I'm so excited is that there is something for everyone. No matter where you are spiritually, personally, emotionally, whatever it may be, there is something in this for you, which also means this is a great, everybody say great. Great. Well done. Great. Great. And I mean great. Strategic opportunity for us to invite, for, for you to invite someone that you know who doesn't yet know how extravagantly God loves them. This series is perfect for that. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about today also not only because I get to speak with my bride, Julie, but also because we're wrapping up this series that we've been in, Impact, little by little. And the message for today is one that I did not see coming when we launched into this series. He did not see it coming, nor did I see coming that I was going to be up here. But he did mention <laughs> what he was going to be teaching about. He said, I feel like I need to do another um, message in this series, and, and it needs to be on self-awareness and learning to love yourself. And I go, oh my gosh, I have been studying and teaching this in Fearless Mom for the last several weeks, and I have so much content that I would love to join you. And just so you know, when I get excited about something, that means a lot of words come out of my mouth. <laughs> and so I commit to you right now that I'm going to focus I commit to you as well, <laughs> that I'm going to focus. And guys, it's amazing. It's game changing. We've been in this series called Impact, Little by Little, where we have discovered how God makes big changes and um, changes individuals, businesses, communities, families, marriages, whatever. He does his work, though, so often in little tiny steps, little by little. We can, if we're not careful, so often get overwhelmed when we consider just thinking about the changes we need to make or the actions we need to take to live the life we're created to live or to be who we're created to be or do what we're created to do. But in reality, what we've discovered is that God so often, most often, works in and through our lives in tiny 
little steps as we take one decision at a time. And that, I think, is a game changer. It's so doable. And we've been in Matthew 22 when Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? He responded, first, love the Lord your God with everything, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. But we're going to look today at verse 39. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. There are actually some understoods there. There are some assumptions made that we love ourselves, that you know yourself and you love yourself. And that's where we're going to camp out today. Now, loving yourself can be a really, really tricky proposition. We're not talking about like, you know, Terrell Owens, I love me some me. That's not what this is all about. It's not, it's not, you know, some kind of woo-woo self-love kind of stuff. It is, in fact, to, to love yourself demands. It, it requires true, God-given, spirit-driven self-awareness. Now, self-awareness is a really hot buzzword right now. You could, you could go to Amazon. If you can find a Barnes & Noble, you could walk into one of those. But it is everywhere right now. But when you talk about true self-awareness, look, look at the progression that Jesus makes there. The greatest commandment, love God with everything you have. A second is equally as important, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus knows and understands so, so well that for us to have actual self-awareness, it begins with actual God-awareness. In order to be self-aware, we have to be God-aware because he's the one who created us. He's the one who made us on purpose with a purpose. He's the one who gives us life and gives us meaning. So that's where our self derives from. So we have to first of all understand who he is. Then as we understand who God is, we begin to understand who we are. And self-awareness becomes such a powerful, powerful tool when we develop it, because it doesn't come naturally, but also when we deploy it. Let me ask you a question just real quick. How many of you know someone who is not self-aware? Let me just see a show of hands. If you know somebody who's not self-aware, those of you whose hands are like this, you must be sitting next to them. <laughs> but here, here's what's funny. <clears throat> those of you who didn't, if you, if you don't know someone who's not self-aware, it's you. But self-awareness is actually a gift from God. Self-awareness requires the ability. It requires the ability for us to see ourselves as God sees us. To see ourselves as God sees us in the fullness of his grace and his truth. Self-awareness is is built on the foundation of God awareness. Understand, I'm created by God, for God. Understand that you're created on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. The Bible says that we are a masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus. Elsewhere, it says, um, you know, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Another version says, I'm created wonderfully complex. And some of you are thinking, that is a great description of me, actually. <laughs> I am wonderfully complex. That's right, we embrace that about ourselves. 
ourselves. We understand that our goal here is self-awareness for the purpose of enhancing every single relationship in your life. God-honoring self-awareness helps every, every single relationship including your relationship with God and your relationship with everybody around you. So yeah, we're gonna dig into self-awareness and we're gonna look at it from a biblical perspective, but let's make sure we're on the same page. We'll start with a definition. Let's define self-awareness together. It is an understanding of yourself and your relationship with the environment, your environment. Understanding yourself and your relationship with your environment. When I say understanding yourself, it is choosing to look accurately at your thoughts, your feelings, your motives, your triggers, your likes, your dislikes, your strengths, your weaknesses, any tendency you have, any habit you have, any reflex you have. It's saying, I'm ready to dig in and to look at my thoughts and feelings. I'm ready to dig in and look at that. And listen, it's hard. Mm. And, and maybe you're at a place where you're like, I can't get there. I am barely able to get up and get dressed today. You know what? That's self-aware. Mm. It's self-aware to say, right now, I'm just gonna focus on God awareness. And that's okay if that's you. But what we're gonna do today is we're gonna look at what does that look like when I am ready to dig in? And your relationship with your environment. By environment, I mean your relationship with other people in your family, at work, the um, checkout, you know, the cashier at Target. How do you interact with people? How do you interact with circumstances? How do you approach and respond to things that don't go your way or to difficult situations? And how do you interact with things like your TV? Are you a Netflix binge watcher all day? It, it is what it is. We're just looking at it accurately. Or are you someone who um, spends a lot of time on your phone? It is just looking at things as they are. Self-awareness and self-awareness development does not come naturally. The truth is we all have blind spots. There are things about ourselves that we do not see. There are things about ourselves that we choose to ignore, and there are things about ourselves that we make big, a bigger deal than they are. <laughs> right um, now, I, I feel attacked. You did, no, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't mean to look at you when I said that, I promise. But, you know, it, it's from, you know, the trivial to the traumatic, from, you know, the simplest thing to the most complex. You've probably seen these memes before. This is a great place to start. Here's one, what I feel like I look like when I run versus what I actually look like, you know? <laughs> and, and that is developing self-awareness, you know? Or how about, um, this is what I think I look like when I'm doing yoga, and this is what I actually look like when I'm doing <laughs> yoga, yeah. Uh -huh. it, it, is, it can be anything, developing self-awareness can deal with the simple and the silly all the way to the significant. Maybe as you dig in, you're thinking, you know what, I wanna look honestly. Maybe you've got a blind spot and um, you don't see how you speak in a harsh tone or that you overreact often um, and become angry. And maybe you don't see yet that um, you spend more time scrolling than you actually do. Um, I will tell you this, if you've got a teenage daughter, you're probably a little more self-aware <laughs> because they are incredibly helpful in developing your self-awareness because they will tell it like it is, which is a gift. You need people that, like that in and your life. And sometimes lives. they tell you like they think it is. Yeah, that, that is true, but you gotta take it and filter it. That's, That's right. good. But Romans <laughs> um, 12, two and three speaks to this. Romans 12, verses two and three. 
Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You'll know the life you're created to live, what you should be doing, how you should be acting. For by the grace given to me, I say this, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. We can choose to do the work of self-awareness. This is Paul writing to the Romans. And guys, if you are into psychology, if you like to, if you become obsessed and study things like I do, welcome to the club. But this was all about neuroplasticity, what psychologists are now studying, and self-awareness so long ago. God knows his people, and his people are the same today as they were then. We all need to develop self-awareness, but developing self-awareness requires four things. Four things that you go, okay, I'm ready. Then you look at it and you go, okay, do I have these four things? Honesty, I'm ready to see things as they really are. I'm ready to deal with what is real. Honesty, humility, humility. I don't like this about myself, but I'm ready to address it. Honesty, humility, community. It takes having people in your life who you trust and relationship has been built over years and they can speak truth to you about you. So honesty, humility, community, and lastly, it takes courage. It is very courageous to mm. say, I am willing to do the hard work of seeing things as they really are, not as I wish they were or as I hope they are, but as they really are in order to improve every relationship in your life and to live the life that you're created to live. And I, I, like, to, I like the wording in, rather than am, I'm ready to. Because I'll be honest with you, there are a lot of days I ain't ready. I, I don't want to do it, but I am willing to do those things. I am willing to look at these things, and, and I'm willing to engage in community to, help peop, to have people help me develop that self-awareness, deploy that self-awareness. To be willing to do it means you, you make the choice, and, and you may not feel like it. How many of you worked out this week? Let me just see, see a show of hands if you worked out. Okay, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. How many of you just wanted to go when you left? A lot of times we don't feel like it, but we do it. You, you make the choice because you are willing, not because you feel like it, but because you are willing to do it. Romans chapter 12, just these opening verses literally are a PhD level seminar in self-awareness. And in these verses, embedded in these verses are three hyper practical principles that if we will in fact put them into practice, we will see self-awareness developing. We will see it being deployed in and through our lives and we will start to see the subtle shift little by little of God moving us and carrying us farther and closer to where he wants us to be. So Romans chapter 12, verse two, one of the most quoted verses in the entire Bible, but this is where it begins. We renew daily, renew daily. You see, 
Our, our minds, let me, let me take you out of the frying pan for a second. Let me just say this. My mind gets cluttered. My mind gets fatigued regularly, daily. How many times? Now let's all go into this together. How many times can we actually get in our own heads and begin thinking things that aren't true, that aren't real, that we, we start assuming and assigning motives to people that we have no idea if that's actually what was said or even thought? That happens all the time. We are constantly bombarded by information, most of which is not true and is not real. So our minds need renewing. The entire Christian life, what it means to live out the gospel in a relationship with Christ means that we are transformed. We are changed to be more like him because apart from him, we can do nothing. But in him, all things are possible. That requires change, metamorphosis in the original language. It's like the beautiful butterfly from the cocoon. But it's real. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds. And we renew our minds in Scripture. We renew our minds. We come back to what God has said and go, this is what's real. This is what's true. And, and listen, I've said this and I'll say this all the time. There is a lot of scripture that is tough to get our minds and get our hearts around. I, I own that and acknowledge it right up front. But there's a lot more that's really very straightforward. And there's, you know, there, there's a lot there that if we will bring our lives and stack up our thoughts, our feelings against the truth of God's word, we will begin to see our minds being renewed. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul says, whatever is true and noble, praiseworthy, whatever is lovely, whatever is beautiful, whatever, whatever is excellent, think on these things. Think on these things. We have to choose what we feed our minds. We have to renew daily. I remember a conversation that I had with our daughter Emily a long, long time ago, and I've shared this story before, but it fits so perfectly so perfectly in this conversation. We were having, a, she was probably third grade, maybe fourth grade, and we were having a father-daughter conversation about something she had not done right. She had done something wrong, and we were having a conversation. She was crying, and, and uh, the conversation happened. I was standing at the, at the top of the stairs, and she had started to go down to her room downstairs and had stopped on that middle landing. She was looking back up at me. Julie is in our bedroom listening to the whole thing. And really happy I'm not a part of the conversation. <laughs> she hears everything going on, but Emily can't see her. So I listen. Part of Emily's love language is being heard and listening. And after about 30 minutes, I, I oh, that was brief. You're not laughing at 30 minutes. That was a brief conversation back in the day. And, and finally, I said this. I said, Emily, listen, I love you. And internally, I'm thinking, whatever you're going to end up telling your therapist one day, it'll never be that daddy didn't listen. So I said, I said, Emily, I've listened. I heard you, but I'm not changing my mind. You just need to admit you were wrong, and I'm sorry. And Julie is kind of sitting there. Julie was like getting sleepy. She had been listening to this conversation for so long. And this, this was Emily's response from the middle landing of the stairway. She threw the tears. She said, Dad... <laughs> I know I'm wrong. I just can't convince myself. <laughs> now, 
that's a funny story, but I want you to notice the powerful, powerful self-awareness that it takes for a third grader to be able to articulate. How many times have you realized I'm wrong, but I don't want to admit it to myself. I sure don't want to admit it to my wife or my husband or kids. That happens all the time, but that kind of self-awareness requires renewing our minds, renewing daily. Renewing daily with truth. Renewing daily with time with God and with listening to God. We process thoughts and emotions in solitude. And you do not have solitude in your life unless you put it there. Mm. You will not drift into quiet time. Drift into time when you are not influenced by um, any technology or other people. Place solitude in your day every day. I can't say it enough. Second, then we want to reflect clearly. Mm. Reflect clearly. When we look in the mirror, we want to get an accurate read, an accurate thing, sight of what is really going on. That's the goal here. So often, especially in Fearless Mom, we talk about parenting. People say, you know, I just want my kids to have a positive self-image. Actually, you want your kids to have an accurate (laughs) self-image. You want them to see things as they truly are. And to develop self-awareness, our goal here is the life that we're created to live, the the, um, you know, who, the person you're created to be. And so to get there, that's why we're working on self-awareness. Self-awareness is developing self-awareness for the purpose of living the life that we're created to live. And I think, too, just real quick, I'm sorry to interrupt you. But yeah, but you gave me a signal, so it was okay. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, that usually goes the other way around. If you've not gotten to be a part of this before. But accurate self-awareness includes the fact and begins with the fact, for our kids especially, that they are fearfully and wonderfully made and loved unconditionally. That, that God knows them and loves them so much more than they could even understand. That there's nothing they could do that would cause God or mom or dad to not love them. That is where that accurate self-awareness begins because that is, in fact, accurate. God loves every single one of us just that much. And so that's where it starts, but it has to continue through too. It's where it starts for children, that's where it starts for us. I'm much more willing to see my flaws. I'm much more courageous to look at my mistakes, to look at my weaknesses when I remember I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Another version says I'm created wonderfully complex. I am God's masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus. It starts there all the time. Romans 12, three says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment and according with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. Look at yourself with sober judgment. It's what we said with honesty and humility. That is the goal. Accurate thinking and accurate reading. Read of yourself based on the truth that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible recap gave an incredible definition, I think, of humility. This is what they said. Humility is the narrow zone where you are not building yourself up or beating yourself up. Mm. It's that narrow in between. I'm not building myself up and acting like I didn't make a mistake or it wasn't as big a deal as I thought or, oh, well, it's just the way I'm made. Oh, well, you know, I'm the nicest one in my family. I'm better than my sister, so oh, well. (laughs) And so, yeah, that was hypothetical if you're watching. (laughs) 
Wait, did you just finger gun? I did. To, okay. to, to Emily and Katie. Uh, and to my mom, if you're watching. Mom, I totally did not mean that. Um, and so not higher than y'all. <laughs> I just need y'all to know this. She will worry about that for I the will. next four I'm days. I'm going to have to text Shuggy when for I get home. For four days, she will be asking me. I can't believe I said that about I was joking, but it's kind of funny. But you'll still say Sometimes it. I say things because they're funny that I shouldn't say. But it's funny, so oh well. <laughs> Or beating yourself up because a lot of times if we're not careful, we can get stuck and we make a mistake. We recognize a weakness. We acknowledge, um, you know, a flaw, a tendency, a reflex that we have over and over. And then we beat ourselves up about it. We either make too little of it or too much of it. That's not what we're doing here. We're going to find that zone in between those two and we're going to work on the process. Developing self-awareness is an ongoing, lifelong process. This is not something you're like, ooh, I've got a system now. I'm so self-aware. I'm here to help you with your self-awareness. This is, (laughs) I'm created by God for God and part of my responsibility is to continue developing my self-awareness, to continue this ongoing process that is now gonna become part of my life. And we've broken it down into four steps. They're so easy to remember because they all start with A. Here we go. It's a, this is what we've um, worked on. And I've, I've fleshed this out so many times that I'm gonna be so focused. Here we go. Acknowledge, <laughs> accept, appreciate, and then finally advance. Acknowledge. I made a mistake, I have this weakness, I did yell at my child, I did um, mishandle that um, business exchange, I have not been a good friend to her because of this. This is, acknowledge it, I see it, I simply state what it is, I'm ready to see it as true. And then the next step, you go to accept. I accept that I made a mistake, I accept that I tend to do this. I accept that this is my reflex. I accept that my decision, my choice, my action negatively impacted other people. That's a step that we often gloss over. I made a mistake. Oh, well, I'm ready to move forward. You gotta gotta acknowledge it. You gotta accept it. And then we move to appreciate. I now appreciate that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm wonderfully complex. This is a reflex of mine. This is a tendency of mine. This is a personality trait of mine. This is a, a, you know what? It's just a neutral characteristic that can be a strength or a weakness based on context or degree. I'm gonna say that again. That's so good. That often we see things as a strength or a weakness. Look at it from another perspective and say, okay, this is just a neutral characteristic that can be a strength or a weakness based on context or degree. I lose my temper all the time. You know what, you're passionate. You're (laughs) passionate. And so how about you take a spin and go, how can I use that passion for good? I get to decide. This may be my reflex. This may be, you know, something that just our family that we're known for, that's awesome. (laughs) How can you use it as a strength? That's where you employ choice. So we go acknowledge, accept, appreciate, and finally advance, move forward. You can get stuck in acknowledge and um, accept and guilt and shame and go, I hate that I'm this way. I wish I weren't this way. I wish this hadn't happened. I wish I hadn't done that. And you stay right here. Guys, the goal is advancement. It is moving forward. Why are we developing self-awareness? For self-improvement, to live the lives we're created to live. So you gotta make sure you're moving through that process. And if you're finding yourself going back, you know what, start over again. Have I acknowledged it? Have I accepted it? 
can I appreciate this? And maybe you're thinking, it's just a weakness or this was just a huge mistake I can't get over. You know what you can do? You can say, I believe in the almighty God who promises that he will redeem it. And so you go, I trust that he can use everything for his glory and my good or for his glory and the good of others. And that is something to appreciate. I appreciate God's forgiveness. I appreciate God's redemption. Now I'm ready to, sorry, I'm gonna knock your head off there. I'm so passionate. I'm ready to advance. Yeah, I'm ready to advance. That's the goal. We're not short on passion or feelings in our household. (laughs) Apparently I use my hands a lot when I talk. Which I do as well. Anyway, I'm not saying that makes it right. I'm just saying it's I do It's a strength as well. or a weakness based on context <laughs> and degree. I'm trying to use it for kingdom purposes. There you go. There you go. Now, renew daily. Make sure that you are renewing your mind, reflecting clearly, looking in the mirror of Scripture and going, okay, this, ooh, there's a, there's a flaw. I need to work on that one. And it's fascinating to me that, and I've never caught this before, but Romans 12, 2 and 3 is, is that thing where you're renewing, I'm renewing my mind. I am not thinking of myself more highly than I ought, but considering myself a sober judgment. But then the very next thought, the very next thought in verses 4 and 5 that Paul writes to the Romans, inspired by the Spirit of God, all of a sudden, look at where he takes this. Verse four, now, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Do you see how he immediately, as soon as he teaches this PhD seminar on self-awareness, goes into community? He says, in order to have that self-awareness, you have to connect faithfully. You have to connect faithfully with people who will tell you how it is. Can I tell you one of the great blessings of my life? I married a woman who was oh so willing to tell me how it really is. As long as you do it with kindness. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. To connect faithfully. Now, it doesn't have to be just marriage, but to connect faithfully. We are the body of Christ. We belong to one another. It's not just that we are, that we are a part of the body of Christ at large, but every Christ follower needs to be a part of a body of Christ relationship. I heard a guy say recently, you know, we watch everything online. I, right now, I've got three pastors. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you have three pastors, you have no pastors. Part of the beauty of the body of Christ is connecting faithfully and getting the blessings blessings of community. Some of the blessings of, a, of community are accountability. Hey, I've got some men in my life. They flat hold my feet to the fire, baby. It's, it is that iron sharpening iron that Proverbs talks about. Guys that can show up in my office or at my, ho- at my house with a phone call, but at the office unannounced, 
and go, hey, I want to look at your web browser right now. Okay. I want, I want, to, see, I want to see your phone. Let me, let me see what websites you've been visiting. They, they have carte blanche to say, what are you and Julie spending money on? I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm asking. These, these people who speak in my life, Julie and I, we, we developed a law early on in our marriage. No secrets. No secrets. Because I need that accountability. I want it. I'm better for it. I, I love it. It's like our church. Every year we pay for an external audit of our finances. Last year I think it cost about, I don't know, $40,000, something like that. It's not, not insignificant. Some of the best money we have ever invested as a church. I, I sleep better at night as the pastor, knowing that our finances are in order, our processes are up to speed. You can sleep better at night knowing that our accounting firm uses a lot of the processes and systems we use to help other churches around the country. That's accountability. But you gotta lean into it, you gotta want it. And to get it, you have to connect faithfully. You have, to, you have to regularly be engaged with people. I literally thank God for the capacity and the ability that we've had over the last couple of years to connect online, back when we were under quarantine. For those who even still can't join us, but I mean, let's be honest, nothing replaces it. If that's all you can do, it's a gift. But if you can, there's nothing that replaces this. Nothing. We have to connect faithfully. I'm not ripping online worship. If you're online, we love you. Glad you're there. But I'm just saying, because the fact is, it's not even about online versus in the room. Isn't it true that we can also hydroplane spiritually and just check off the religious activities boxes but not really connect faithfully? Can't you, can't you just kind of skate in and out if you want to? But you can't skate or hydroplane if you're connecting faithfully. And that is what this is all about. You see, the absence of self-awareness cuts into connection, it undermines connection. But when we develop self-awareness, when we have help, then we can really connect. Then we can really connect with God. That verse in Psalm 139 that says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, your thoughts for me are too great. The very last part of that same chapter says, God, Search me and find any offensive way that is within me and lead me in the path everlasting. So yes, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God loves me unconditionally and search me. Point out to me anything that needs to be changed. Give me the self-awareness, courage to change what needs to change, God, as you lead. I wanna ask you to bow your heads for just a moment. And I ask you again, we bow our heads in reverence. But again, don't check out. Stay with me, okay? Because I want to ask you a question. As we think about being many members in one body 
in Christ. The question is this. Are you? Are you in Christ? And the good news is the answer is yes or no. There's there's not a gray area in this. We may have uncertainty sometimes, but the reality is you have either surrendered your life to Christ or you haven't. And if you haven't yet, we would love to give you the opportunity to to begin to live life, the life that is truly life in Christ. If that's you, then just pray silently, right where you are, something like this. Just from your heart to God, silently say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. And so in this moment, I choose to follow you. I confess my sin to you, holding nothing back. In order, Jesus, to claim your forgiveness, your grace, and your truth. I believe that you died on the cross for me, that you rose from the dead for me. And in this moment, I accept it. I receive it. I own it by your grace. And I pray this prayer in your name. If you would, just remain with your heads bowed for a moment. But if that was your prayer, this is the biggest moment of your life. And as a church, we get to help with what comes next. We want to. And so I'm going to ask you to do just a couple of things. Number one, if you would, let us know that God did that in your life. In the seat back in front of you, there's a, there's a card. If you want to, you can fill that out and give it to one of our ushers on the way out. But there's also a QR code on there. You can use your phone, hit that, and then just let us know. And all that does is begin a dialogue, a conversation, conversation of connection that proceeds at whatever pace works for you so that we can help, so that we can come alongside as a family with you. Second thing I would ask is our heads are bowed for just another moment. Our heads are bowed. If if that was your prayer, would you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand and hold it up high in the air for a moment as a statement physically of the commitment spiritually that you just made. And know that as a church family, we recognize that, we honor that. As you put your hands down, we're gonna put our hands together just to tell you, welcome home.